so much has happened. Right. I was graduating like, high school 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. What's going on, everyone? You're watching Emeroy TV or the Move Groove Grow podcast. Today, I have a special guest that I've been trying. We've been trying to schedule this for months, like months. months, like since last year, maybe October, earlier yeah, than sound, that. Sounds about like right. So yeah. Something always happens. LA, yeah, man. Yeah, where she's either got <laughs> a gig or I've got a gig. Yeah. Busy yeah. life. So uh, this is a friend of mine, Megan. Uh, we've danced on a couple things together, um, I think. Did we? I don't think we've ever danced together. Yeah, we actually. did. Yeah, we, we did with um, what, uh, Funk Junkies. Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, Funk, yeah, yeah. Funk Junkies. There you go. That one time. We danced that one together. time. Yeah, but I've also, like, I admire her work as a far, from afar as a dancer, as a pro. Um, and, you know, I wanted to bring her on and kind of share her story. Because uh, I know a lot of you guys ask me about, like, the L.A. dance hustle. Um, I mean... I get DMs about it. I get comments on it on YouTube, all this other stuff. So I can show you my perspective. I want to share uh, Megan's perspective because it's. A, it, I think it's valuable for you guys to hear it from multiple sources that I bring on. So so far, you guys, if you guys haven't seen the other podcasts or listened to it, I've had Chris, I've had Vicky, who's a dance therapist. I've had Chris, who's uh, uh, currently doing In the Heights. So there's a lot of ways to go. Oh, Chris Andrews. Uh, Chris Marcos. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's okay. a different Chris. Got yeah. it. So uh, with that, I want to give Megan some time to introduce herself, get a little bit of her origin story, what she does. Drugs. drugs. No, I'm just kidding. Hard drugs. <laughs> so yeah, take it away. Okay, well, my name's Megan Magoon. I have been dancing pretty much my entire life. I started taking it seriously probably six years ago now. Uh, six years ago. Yeah, because I started off... You know, the, my whole lineage of dance is I started with ballet because my mom was a professional ballerina. Oh, that's yeah. right. I remember and then, seeing that video of you. Yeah, we, cool. we always take ballet together. I love it. It's so cool. It's such a bonding thing, and I, I'm so appreciative that I get the chance to do that with my mom. That's badass. But uh, she actually she moved out here because she ruptured her Achilles tendon three times and had five kids. Three times? Yeah, she just kept going because yeah. she loved dancing so much. But then she decided she wanted to become a doctor. So then she got accepted in medical school out here. So we moved to California when I was like four. Just how much I know about her. Right. <laughs> be amazed with everything. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is amazing. Like, she's one of my top inspirations because she really showed that you can start over at any age. But That's fucking cool. We got Maybe out I here. Maybe should be interviewing her instead. Maybe. Just I'll kidding. just give her a call. I'll just say bye. I might actually follow you up on that, like part, part two. No, she would be a great person to talk to because she is hard work and dedication in a nutshell, for yeah, sure. That's something cool. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, the, uh, conversations with me kind of go like this. Like, they're like trees. You start with like a root conversation, and they kind of branch out, and Sick. then you come back. Yeah, that's so. how it kind of goes with me as well. Yeah. That's kind of the format of this podcast. Great. So <laughs> we're already on the right track. Um, Moved out here to California when I was four, and she immediately put me into a ballet studio with people that she knew um, from San Antonio Ballet or something like that. And I loved it. There was a couple, there was a year where I quit because of certain things, and I came back and I hated it actually when I was like 11, 12, because, you know, I was like, my body was changing. I've always been a little thicker, you know. Mm -hmm. Ballet wasn't necessarily what I thought that I could do, I just loved it so much. Um, started doing jazz in high school. I joined my hip hop dance team my senior year. I enjoyed it. And then I went to Cal State Long Beach for 
a dance degree. And oh, so wow. I was doing ballet and modern and all of that there. Did you ever join PAC Modern? I did not. I always wanted to. I kept like walking by them, practicing oh. outside the pyramid. And I was like, oh, that looks like so much Man, fun. You would have known a lot of my friends from there. Like, uh, well... You know, you probably just, already do. You know, probably I probably know them now, yeah. but back then I didn't. I was just you know so focused on my de- like my degree, but like <laughs> I always wanted to be a part of the hip hop, the the competitive community. Right, exactly, because I I just always admire community's work ethic. That's like work That's ethic insane. and de- dedication is something that I really pride myself on having is a sick work ethic and I feel like if I had joined community I would have my hip-hop would be a little more um, up to par with what I want necessarily Mm. but I will never diss the training that I have because I'm so appreciative of having ballet and modern and jazz and all that kind of stuff a solid foundation for myself because I feel like I know my body pretty well it's just taken me a while to get the feeling of hip-hop you know Mm, what I mean because I didn't really start taking hip-hop seriously until I started taking classes out in LA one random summer vacation from college I actually Mm. started at um at edge I took a havocs class sick and I started really loving hip-hop and then it wasn't until I took um g madison's class Ooh, g madison g madison to you g madison he's great keep your shirt off forever (laughs) forever and ever (laughs) but no i took his class and that was the first time i felt inspired like yo this is something that i could really pursue and ever since then i kind of got this fire of like wanting to pursue it as a career because before that you know i kind of thought of just getting my degree and then going back to my high school and teaching dance and all that kind of stuff. And that would have still been a really great life. Yeah. But being a part of this industry, oh, there's been a love-hate relationship. But mm. I can't imagine doing anything else. You know what I mean? I feel you with that. It's like so. A, you love it one day, you hate it the next. Right. It's like. The winds are, well, the winds are good. Some, or when the winds are there, the winds are great. And when the losses. Yeah. It's and like you, a punch to the you gut. You have to treat it like a relationship. Like, you have to really work and make the conscious effort to stay a part of this industry. You know what I mean? That's a really good way of putting it. Because with relationships, you always got to put in the work. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to always be roses and rainbows and all that shit. Like, it sucks sometimes. It really (laughs) sucks. But if you love it enough, you'll have to sometimes change the way of your thinking or figure out different avenues to be a part of it still. Yeah. Without... um, burning yourself out yeah i agree 100 yeah. because the messages i get I'm like oh how do i become a professional dancer i'm like wait you got to define what that looks like yeah because there's so many ways to be a pro right and it doesn't necessarily like you're a professional dancer if you're dancing on cruise ships you're a professional dancer if you're dancing behind j-lo and shakir in the super bowl yeah you're there's so many different avenues and i feel like people stress themselves out and get to a point where they're just not happy anymore because they feel like there's only one definition of success in the dance industry. Yeah, that's something I learned the hard way. Yeah, and I mean, I'll be honest. I have not achieved that kind of status, you know, dancing in a Super Bowl or anything like that. And um, I'm I'm not closing the gate to that possibility, but I'm also learning to be happy with still doing what I love to do and making money making a living out of it no matter what the job is because i'm still doing what i love to do yeah i think they they, um 
people get too attached at what it looks like mm -hmm. over you know at least in, it has to be this instead of being a flexible what it can be right exactly because, i mean it's it's a it's also a hard truth that some people have to swallow is like sometimes you're not gonna be a backup dancer right and, and so that's a part that's the part where you got to be okay with and I, I, i'm talking to you guys now you've got to be okay with it because it's um fact is you might not have the look because it's, it's unfortunate you know right. that's what they're looking the look is what they're looking for or for other things you might not have the skill they have but i think it comes back down to focusing on what you can control over what you know what external goal you're trying to reach right and life is life is so crazy because if you actually just learn to accept what is instead of just trying to force of what you want it to be sometimes it turns out to be way more beautiful than you even could think of yeah. you know what i mean yeah um and then it kind of forces you into your own path that is meant to be for your lifetime you know what i mean mm, like some people way. aren't living in their purpose because they're trying to shove this idea into their life that is just not what it's meant to be yeah that's and true. honestly because i the only reason why i'm saying this like i have and expertise in this is because I try. <laughs> I did that for so long. Like my goal was completely like, no, I'm going to be a backup dancer for. Oh, I just did like a reflex thing. <laughs> but I'm going. <laughs> I'm keeping that. <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> but no, I was just like, no, I'm going to be a backup dancer for Usher. I'm going to. Uh, be on So You Think You Dance. I'm going to, like, I just had all these goals. I'm like, this is what my life is, and I'm not going to stop until I do it. And I I burnt myself out. Sure. There's been, in the past couple of years, I've had moments where I hate, I thought I hated dancing. That's not the case. I hated what I was trying to picture dancing to be now mm. instead of just remembering why I personally love to do it. Ooh. You know what I mean? So I, feel that. I don't know where I was going with this statement, but we're here. Yeah. We all face like some of our, our, the down days or the moments of self self doubt. This is one of my favorite questions I, I like asking is what do you know? How, what's the self talk like on the days that are hard? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'll talk about how I've transitioned into the mentality I have now because <clears throat> I feel like if I don't express how I used to think, what I think now isn't going to make a bigger impact. I used when I would get down, I would get down for weeks, oh, and I wow. would just always because I I suffer with like depression yeah, and yeah. anxiety and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think being in LA, you tend to almost adapt that sometimes, like depression, mm. all that kind of stuff. I can see that, yeah. Um, but I would just constantly think it was something that I was doing wrong, something that I could do better. Or, um, you know, if someone didn't see my worth, that it was, that was it. I had no worth. You know what I mean? Oh. And that's been one of my biggest struggles of trying to make it in this industry is, uh, fighting my beliefs of myself and my self-worth. Mm. <clears throat> and now it's gotten to the point where... Yeah, things still hit me. I still get sad. I still get depressed that, you know, I didn't book that job or that person didn't see my value. And for a split second, I start to question if I have the value or whatever. But then as soon as I remember all the things that I have gone through and the things that I've triumphed over and um, just knowing that 
me being here on this earth has a purpose, mm. it really, it helps my self-worth. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no, this rejection is not meant to show you that you're not good enough. It's meant to show mm. that you have something else that you need to be doing. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I just kind of just, you see this all the time on like Instagram with like those inspirational things. Like rejection does, it just means redirection. You know? Oh, that's the best way I've always. I've, so that's a good way of putting it. I always see it as failure as feedback. Mm, I like that one too. Yeah. But yeah, just so it's really you can live in the um, the emotion that you're having for that for that second, live it, feel it, digest it, and then move on. Mm. You know what I mean? Some people just live in it. Live in it, and, and then make it the reality. Yeah, and then they kind of end up having this endless cycle, like. Well, the world is doing this to me, so I'm going to keep putting out that energy and it's going to keep cycling. Mm, And um, I learned that that's not what, because I used to do that. I used Mm. to do that a lot. And then it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy, like shit would fuck up. Sorry if I'm not supposed to cuss, but you know, shit would fuck up because (laughs) I had already put out that type of energy. I was always like, well, it's not going to come through anyway, so whatever. And Mm. then, yeah, it came through because the universe listens to everything that you're saying and thinking like it's like all right cool all right if you think so all right (laughs) that's how you want to live your life go for it but now i'm starting to i'm just being very grateful for all the things that i actually do have in my life and that to me is the key to being happy Mm. um because so many of us don't appreciate what we actually have and we're always thinking about that person that doesn't like us or the um, opportunities that we don't have when there are people who are looking at our lives and looking at what we're doing <sighs> and who me. we're with or whatever. They hit me. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they wish that they could have what we have, you know? Yeah. So like, just really appreciate what the fuck you do have. And yeah. comes back to being just, just gratitude. And it's like, it reminds me of that one meme, like that one, like, like, the guy on the bicycle sees the guy in the Ferrari. The guy in the mm-hmm. Ferrari sees the guy in the plane. Right. Yeah, and then uh, looking at all of it, it's a guy in a wheelchair looking over the balcony, w- wishing he can just. Right. Get out. That's such a real thing. Yeah, that's, so, that's such a real thing. Yeah, like what you have, you know, someone is dying to have. Right. Like, I had I forgot where I got this uh, DM. It was this one young lady uh, from I know it's from the Midwest. I don't know which state, but she was at, like. She was talking to me, like oh, we were doing voice messages at that point. That she was gonna take a leap, I think this year, to come just leave her family, to come to LA oh, just wow. to pursue her dance career. So I'm like, props. And but I also like, I hope I gave her some reality of what to expect. Yeah. Because it's not gonna be all like, yeah, kitties and puppies and rainbows yeah, and shit. Because I also she also I think one of the questions is like, is it normal to to like work at restaurants while you're pursuing your career? Absolutely. Like, Fuck yes. Absolutely. It's part, it's part of that hustle. <laughs> I have like three jobs right now. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like but yeah, it, it was. And that's a, sorry, that is such an important thing to remember too, because so many people um, nowadays with social media and everything. They, you know, fake it till they make it or they put up this facade of this life that they have and nobody wants to give the reality like, hey, I work at a restaurant. I do housekeeping. I do this, that, like just to make ends meet. But I'm doing it because I love dancing so much that I want to work this hard to stay in L.A. to pursue it. You know what I mean? And people just need to I feel like people need to humble themselves a little bit and just be like, you know what? I'm working hard, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, 
Is because the fact is the, the the path of an artist is just as chaotic as a process in, in creating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it takes a while to like for the moment inspiration to strike for some, or for for some, it might take a while yeah. for it to actually be at the level they want. But you you just have to find a process that you're gonna love and be okay with, uh, because if you hate your process, then I think you should be doing something else. Right. Because you know. It, it, it's accepting the fact that you're going to be eating shit for a while. Yeah. And then, and in the process, if you keep putting yourself out there and making time for yourself, not just to take care of yourself, but to focus on your, to improve your craft and to also network because that's yeah. how you get, that's the faster way to get booked. That is true. So, that um, is true. yeah, these are like just tidbits, but yeah, focus yeah. on your process. And there isn't one route of success like everyone's journey is such an individual thing. Uh, there's people that, uh, you know, train so hard and make it so you have to, you just have to be undeniable. So people will put in that work. They'll network with whoever they need. Don't network. They'll <clears throat> push themselves to the front of auditions. There's that type of route. There's also um, just making genuine connections with people mm-hmm. because they'll remember you on a personal level too. Um, that's kind of the route that I like. Cause I'm not, um, very look at me, look at me like at auditions. So sometimes uh. auditions aren't the best way for me to get booked. Um, so I really just make a point of genuinely connecting with people. Yeah, I hold. hold for siren. Okay. Look at you pro on, uh, pro on And even if, if you have um, other talents that aren't necessarily dance, those talents could still somehow manage to get you back to yeah. a, a dance job or something like that. Like, for example, I mean, I don't have a, an example per se for me right now, but I love to bake, right? So my goals now, I, ha- I started up a baking show. Um, called Megan's Menu. If you want to check it out, it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. It, I have an Instagram, Megan's Dot Menu. Um, Sick. But you know, with that, I love to bake, and I want to share that with people. I also want to share um, advice that I have lived through, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's basically kind of just that. And then eventually, I'm going to want to bring on people. So. People that I've networked with, I can connect on a deeper level and bring them on, and then you never know where that Kinda can like lead this you. Podcast. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you never know where that's going to lead you. And you know, for example, I might end up because we did this and we have this connection of doing this now. If someone needed someone just like you, instantly, like you would be in my brain. Like networking is such an important thing, that's and so true. doing it in such a genuine way is also important too. Yeah, when you and genuine is being important because if you try to connect with an ulterior motive people, people are gonna, can sniff that yes out. like from a mile away yeah yeah for sure so yeah and then bouncing off what her, her says i do video and that uh, everyone in la fucking knows how to do video but uh it, if you have that extra skill or even graphic design or hell being an illustrator you can do something to help to collaborate with other artists or right. color, other dancers because i, I want to try to expand it outside of just dancing but as in regards to following your passion, so to speak. Okay, so speaking of passion, I got like two questions this yesterday. Today's Monday, right? Yeah, yesterday, because I do a live Q&A Sunday. Okay. I got two questions on on their 30. Okay, no, first one is their 30, 
they don't know what their passion is, mm. what should they do? Ah, explore. Yeah. Explore. Like, um, get out of your comfort zone. Go take a cooking class. Go take a pottery class. Go, like, just, that's, that's literally all I can say is explore. And then eventually you're going to find something and you're like, wow, I actually forgot about all of my stress for a couple of seconds. I, you know, like, you'll find it. You just have to get out of your comfort zone and go try some shit. Yeah. That's what I, my, my friend, and I, I've always told you guys, it's what is considered the discovery zone. So I'm glad she's saying it because I've said it so many goddamn times. So I just, I'm just you know. giving you the stamp of approval now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much just confirms uh, what I've been sharing with you guys. So the other question is, what are some practical tips? Wait, how old are you? I'm 27. 27? Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe feel older. Okay. <laughs> what are some of your practical tips for people under 20? Under 20? Yeah. Um, stretch. God dang. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, start eating right. Start like fuck you up by twenty five. I'm so serious about that though. Like, take care of your body at a young age and make it a habit. Because when you get to be like twenty five, twenty six, you start feeling it in your joints, in your body, my like, back, and it's knees. it's hard to break habits when you've trained it for twenty five years. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, start those habits at an early age. Um, just always remember to be an open vessel, be a sponge, um, soak in as many lessons as you can, but also um, remember I'm working on yourself and your self-worth so that um, you can decipher which lessons are going to be good and which ones are just going to derail you too. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Because yeah, not all lessons are lessons that you need to keep. Right, exactly. And then there's some lessons that I've gone through for way too long because I didn't value myself. And even though I saw it wasn't the best situation for me, I would still beat it because I didn't raise myself. Or there's a lot of things, eh, childhood stuff. But I didn't have a lot of self-worth by the time I got to my 20s. Uh, so there's a lot of unnecessary situations I put myself in. So mm. really just build yourself up to have a good self-esteem and know that you don't have to put yourself through a lot of shit that people are going to try to force on you oh yeah. yeah i guess like that really just owning your voice and your boundaries mm-hmm. uh, boundaries people are going to try to push that again and again and again and even for me i for with some of my clients they try to ask for things outside of the scope of work we agreed to and I get anxious because I have to say no, and I feel like, are they going to fire us? <laughs> but then those aren't so, the people that you want to be working but with. But then, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> so, but I want the money. Right. <laughs> but the no, money but, will come. When we, when we, it's, so that's where, like, for me, when I face those moments, that's my pr- opportunity to practice drawing the line. It's when you're feeling uncomfortable. Right. You know, obviously, you, you never want to find yourself in those situations, but more than likely, we do find ourselves in moments of conflict, moments where we're triggered. That's where the practice of mm. who we want to become really matters uh, because other if we don't, then we continue to the cycle of our old, you know, mindset. You know, right. even though it's going to be hard the first time around because it's like it's so new. It's like learning your first account for any routine. Right. It feels awkward. But and just getting through it is a win in itself because now your brain is like, oh, there's a new way. Mm-hmm. Now you can create more, you know, uh, 
uh, more neurological pathways to make it more of a natural thing. Yeah. Like for me, I'm going on a tangent here. But I love it. So, but Let's go. Like Let's go the, the, what I took a long time to do, in my opinion, is like getting the practical use of I statements and, and active listening, mm. uh, which is, you know, like, um, I heard you say this or like, I feel hurt when you insulted me in front of my friends. I would appreciate it if you don't do that again. Mm. That's like a very like, and I do applying this is like, I is it in my previous relationship, it worked like fast, like two, three day arguments was like, boom, nice. it's a, it's a super effective way. It felt, it feels robotic because it's a float formula, but it's a very concise way of taking responsibility of your emotions and then asking what the person is, but, and you're not placing blame. Like, oh yeah, you fucking. Right. Take your responsibility. I yeah. love that. So, and then, um, circling it back to like, uh, the use of it, it took me, <laughs> it's, I feel, I still feel like it's a process of like five years to start feeling natural into it because yeah. I'm not going to find myself in conflict every day. True. But it's like there's other. But when it arises. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like the, so, uh, I guess to add to that, like there's other ways, probably small ways, and every single day, maybe not a conflict, but how can you do it for yourself? Like, uh, say Meg is just like venting and like telling me about her day. I can practice empathy by saying, "Oh, I heard that, you know, you had a really rough, I don't know, rehearsal or audition. That sucks, but you know, I'm here for you, and um, I still think you're an amazing friend." That kind of stuff, like because you're right. here, you hear them. People want to be heard. Yeah, that's active listening right there. And then for you, driving your boundaries. Um, say you might not want to go to a party, or you might not want to go out with a friend, and that's where you. And but you often feel like you have to because the pressure. Right. It's like that's an opportunity for you to do it. Like I don't feel like going out today because I just want to lounge. Right. Yeah, or you can be blunt. It's like, nah, I don't want to go. It's yeah. one way. <laughs> But people are people. They're going to take it the wrong way. Some, right. some will. That's but. a lesson that I'm actually in the middle of learning right now is um, not trying to fill these obligations. Because the truth of the matter is all these people that you're not going to hang out with, they'll be fine. They're going to be alive. Like yeah. you coming out, out of your bed, out of your whatever you need to get done for yourself, it's yeah. not going to kill them. You know yeah. what I mean? And if they're really your friend, they will understand that you need that mental health day or whatever, you yeah. know, there's rain checks there. I mean, I feel like LA is kind of the city of, Oh, rain check, rain check, rain check. Cause everyone's busy. Everyone's so busy, yeah. but well, it also gets so tiring when you're that person that constantly um, goes out of your way for other people. And then as soon as you make that mm -hmm. shift of uh, taking care of yourself first so that you could be beneficial to other people. Once you make that mental shift, you realize what other people's intentions with you are and the real mm. ones really come through. Yeah. So did you feel obligated to come here? No. no. <laughs> I've been wanting to come here. Like, <laughs> legit been wanting to come. But yeah, I'm glad it finally worked out. Yeah. Having deep conversations. Right. Yeah, so I love doing this. It's like an opportunity to go deep go in deep. conversation yeah. without, like, going to small talk man I, i'm so bad at small i'm awkward i'm so awkward at parties or anything like that, that really yeah because i'm not good at small talk i'm just really not and then i feel like once i actually start having conversations like this with people um i feel like people start backing away from it i'm like oh wait i'm i feel like i'm being the weirdo now but no i'm just <laughs> you know 
expressing what I really feel and think. And not everyone always wants to express what they actually think. Do you go to, party, go to parties often? I go through phases of it. Sometimes, like, I'll have a phase where I'm going to a party, like, every weekend. And then majority of the time, I really – I love staying home. Mm, I'm such yeah. a homebody. Sometimes I, I, I have that urge to be out just for the energy. Right, yeah. Like, I, but I don't really want to interact. Yeah. I just like, want to be there. I, yeah, just – yeah, that, something about, like, a crowd. Like – like before I would think it was like at a party, but I think it's like, I'm starting to realize like maybe I just need to be at jams or a session. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. There's that energy of there's people there. I don't necessarily have to interact. I can do my own thing. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to find your crowd. Yeah. So you're a homebody. I'm such a homebody. Sick. What yeah. do you do when you're just chilling at home? You know, I really, I'm so boring because I don't even have a TV in my room. So, wow. Yeah. Just sit and meditate for hours. I, no, I really like, I've started meditating. Like, I do like guided meditations on yoga. Or not on, on YouTube yoga. Sick. Whatever, you know. Um, I, I've started reading. Uh, the current book that I'm reading is, what's it called? Ah. Uh, 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 something about pain, trauma, body. Hold on, the body. Oh my God! Whatever, whatever it is, we'll we're pop gonna, it we're up gonna, on yeah, we're gonna cut, we're gonna cut this real quick because why well, can't I remember the name of this book? But it's basically a body stores trauma. No, fuck, fuck. Why don't I remember? It? Anyway, it's basically about <laughs> healing trauma because trauma gets stored in your body. And so, um, you were just talking about this on my the body desk. keeps score. Thank you. Jesus. The bo- we were just literally just talking about this in a, in a podcast I did with a dance therapist. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, keep going. You're yeah. Here. Um, and so it's kind of learning how to, um, learn your triggers in your body, because if you don't heal it in your body, then you're just going to be constantly living in that trauma instead yeah. of actually healing from it and letting it go. So that's what the book I'm reading is right now. So that's a good book. Yeah. I'm rereading 48 Laws of Power. Nice. I never uh, read that one. It's uh, rereading it, so. Um, yeah, I read it like back in 2008. Oh, okay. Yeah, it it's it's weird. It's interesting now cuz it's I've learned like a different type of, you know, when you learn I guess a certain aspect of awareness or spirituality, the, a lot of this book seems manipulative. Mhm. So, and for me, I I because there's certain things like uh, never outshine the master, things like that. Uh, um, say less than needed. So I'm figuring out where does this 48 Laws of Power really play in context to, of like what game does it fit into right. versus like oh my, versus applying it to everyday life to your friends. Right. Like, yeah. You know. You need uh, to find the balance. So yeah, and then because I definitely learned uh, the whole. Um, there was an experience earlier last year uh, with someone that worked with me. Um, of that went against quote unquote law one never outshine the master so they tried to like overstep boundaries they got mm. parted ways so yeah to speak. yeah so, it tends so, to happen <laughs> so yeah um, yeah it's a it's a good book it has really a lot of good stories on how these laws are applied um, and it's really it's crazy and like and uh, gives you an in depth look of like how. I guess people play can potentially play into the palm of your hands mm. and which why it can feel manipulative so that's why context and the use of it is very like I think you have to take into consideration of that otherwise you become a manipulative motherfucker that needs to that isolates themselves right so, yeah yeah that's definitely 
Yeah, it's a it's a good book. A lot of rappers have read it, but and I've read it because it was like it helped me with my like kind of. It was one of the early books that with my personal development journey. Okay. Like when I was I'll like, check it out. So it's it's good. Like and it helps with if anything, it helps with the work environment. Uh, especially when there's a lot of politics and trying to climb mm. up the corporate ladder or whatever, because right. there's always going to be people trying to play. As humans, we have like, there's a whole social dynamics game, and de- depending on which social circle you're in is going to depend on the kind of game you play yeah. or character you are. And it's, you know, I hate to say that it's a game or all this stuff, but it's, you know, humans are going to act the way they are, especially depending or who they're with you know i act differently with my clients or you would act differently with your work group versus your family versus your high school friends very so understanding context you would apply these certain laws nerding out there (laughs) i love it though i'm listening i'm absorbing it like so uh yeah okay so did you do you do news resolutions i kind of do um you know, in past years, I've had sp- very specific goals like I want to lose X amount of pounds or I want to um, whatever. But this year, it was really just kind of focusing on a whole mental shift as opposed to um, small, minute things. Because a resolution to me is something that you're going to be working on all year long. Yeah. So it's something that you have to continuously... Um, chip away at or continuously practice Mm. um instead of just having one specific goal that you know i don't know sometimes i feel like life doesn't go according to your plan so that's why i chose to do a mental thing instead of i want this specific goal Mm. because i feel like once i change my mentality the opportunities that are meant for me are going to come to me as long as I'm working hard as well. Because there's some people that are just like, the universe will bring me opportunities uh, and then they won't put in the work. Yeah. And that drives me crazy because, of course, you're not going to get anywhere. You're not actually putting in the energy that you need to to receive it back. Yeah. But yeah, that's just where I'm at with yeah. New Year's resolutions. Yeah, it's like, I, I feel like people uh, set the goal without really realizing the amount of work that they have to right. do to get there people want instant gratification so they'll give up on that goal if they don't see it within a couple of weeks you know yeah. what i mean you know what i i love when when i'm talking to my mom when she talks about her goals she talks about oh in five years i'll get this i'm like holy shit that's her. a long time <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, five years right and like in my head i'm like can we do it in like three months Right, exactly. So it's so crazy, like how maybe it's a, a generational thing. Like, well, it is generational, but maybe it's like an age thing. Because I'm like, I'm, I'm 32. Like, I still feel like I'm 18, though my body says differently. But, right. <laughs> but I feel I still feel like there's a certain speed I want. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, the conversations with uh, older entrepreneurs that I've talked to is like, you're gonna have time either way. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, be fast on your daily stuff. Like get these client emails to, to handle that fast, but with your big goals, that's gonna take time. Yeah, and so. people just get way too hard on themselves when they don't reach this certain goal in this specific time frame. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, life doesn't go according to your plan. Dude, you're like preaching right now. Yeah, like just because I I know how that is. Like I've set very specific goals for myself, and when I don't reach them, I feel like a failure. And mm. You're really never failing at life. Um, the only way you're failing, I think, 
I've heard Will Smith say that. I've, I've heard a bunch of people say the only way you're failing is if you're not trying or if you're yeah. not, yeah. Um, you know. If you're stuck. If you're just stuck and you're not doing anything about it, that's how you're failing. But as long as you're making a conscious effort to be better than you were yesterday, I think you're doing all right in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Progress is progress. Yeah, exactly. No matter how small. An inch is progress. I actually have a favorite quote that I... Because I, I read this quote when I was in the hospital because I have Crohn's disease. I had pulmonary embolisms. I was in the um, hospital for a few months on and off. Um, but when I would get really down and cause I wasn't in these dance classes and I was like 21 at the time. So I was like really feeling like missing out. I was missing out and had, yeah, I just, uh, I read this Martin Luther King quote and it says, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl, whatever you do, just keep moving forward. And that's literally been my mantra ever since I've been 21. And that is the realest thing that I could say is anything you could do any little dent that you can make on your daily on a daily basis is it's going to help you in the long run wherever your life is meant to go that's real yeah fuck i was doing this with my with my team like a couple of weeks ago when we have our team meetings mm-hmm. um because it's like 2020 what what do you what do you kind of envision happening right. for yourself in the next decade not exactly the goal, next but decade like, you know, wow what's your vision like or what are the possibilities? All right, the decade. Because, you know, because mm. I take a look back, like, where I was 2010, and now so much has happened. Right. I was graduating like, high school 2010. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but, yeah, no, a lot of shit happens in 10 years. What the fuck? <laughs> right, I need to have an age limit of you have to gra- at least graduate the year 2003. Oh, I'm glad I made the cutoff before you made that rule. <laughs> But um, the next ten years, um, I'll be quite—I'll be quite honest. Um, I'm still going to be dancing. I'll probably be a dancer for the rest of my. My mom is in her sixties. I'm sorry. Damn, that's so fucking cool, man. Right, and my mom takes more ballet classes than I do. She's like my hero now. Yeah, she's my hero. She literally takes at least four ballet classes a week. So, like, this is for you people who think you're too old to dance. No, absolutely not. My mom. My mom can outbeast me at ballet, right? I have not been putting in the work to be a beast at ballet anymore because my brain has been focused on other things. But my mom, she's fantastic. But where was I going? Oh, decade, 10 years. I'll still be dancing. Uh, I think um, my mentality is kind of shifting more towards acting at the moment. Uh, oh, yeah. I've seen you do some stunt stuff. Too. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoy doing stunt stuff. I have to really like dive into it, though, because, you know, I'll play here and there but i haven't Mm. really gotten into the focus that i need to make it a career Mm. which has been a thing for dancing as well because you know i'll rely on these part-time jobs i'll even though i have trust me i have trained in dancing like i i can say that because i've put in the hours work like i did the debbie reynolds scholarship program and Mm. this is back when i didn't have a car i was living in westwood I had a job at Coffee Bean and I had to work at like five in the morning and like Ooh. I would get an hour of sleep for six months. Like I've put in work as That's a dancer. That's some real shit right there too. That's the kind of shit that you need to get to a level of excellence that you want to get to. And then like um, the equivalent of a bachelor's degree, or even like, you know, we don't get degrees. We have we just have accumulated a bunch of hours for ourselves. Exactly, because it takes 
certain amount of hours to become a master at something. Right? I don't remember what. Ten thousand hours. Ten thousand hours to become a master at something, which is why a lot of times when people say master class nowadays, like you gotta kind of research the people and see like <laughs> what they're a master yeah, of. Are, you know they, what I mean? Did you like dance? Like are they? Are you like a? Oh, popper for this many years or right uh you did some backup dancing or right like exactly not just because you choreographed and yeah because yeah. i'm a firm believer of putting in the work and um yeah so i need to put in the work towards doing stunts and uh acting game back to what the conversation actually was um and going into acting classes and putting as much work as I have put in for dance as I want to in this new career venture of mine, you know? Yeah. So acting is definitely where I'm wanting to head towards. Um, in the decade, though, I mean, you know, personally, I would like to uh, have a family and do all that kind of stuff as well as have my career as well. So that's a very tricky balance with relationships and entertainment industry. Mm, no, it's funny. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know, I, I don't think I sent it to you, but one of the questions that me and Liz got asked was this husband was embarrassed of his wife being oh, a I, I actually listened to that part of it, yeah. Which, oh, you did? Shout out to Lizelle. I love you so much. Yeah. That's all I want to say. Yeah, fuck you, Lizelle. Love you. <laughs> She's the greatest. Hashtag I love her. Hashtag best friend sometimes. <laughs> That's going to be our tattoo, apparently. Best friend Cute. sometimes. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we... Embarrassed. Yeah, yeah he was embarrassed, embarrassed of his, of his wife, wife that wanted to be a dancer, right? he wanted to try to tell her to change her, her career. Mm. And we were like, wow, the audacity. Right. <laughs> um, you don't really love her then. You know what I mean? You love the idea of her. Because mm. if that's what she wants to do, and that's like what her soul is saying, yeah. then that's her. Like you can't like I've trust me I've made my mistakes in relationships and I've wanted to change people um because I saw what they could be or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be but the reality is those relationships were never gonna work because they weren't um what I picture my partner to be like mm. And that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with how they are as people. Well, I mean, some, they could be kind of assholes. Like, they need to I do their inner I work. Think everyone can be. Right. They yeah. need to do their inner work. But how they want to live their life, it's not wrong. Uh, it just doesn't line up with what you want. And that's fine. You just have to either choose to um, deal with it and change how you see the situation. Because you can't control another human being. No. So if she wants to do her dance career, then be that proud supportive husband or yeah. boyfriend or whatever and just even if you don't necessarily agree with it support yeah uh, i mean that's love right there you can't force change on another person yeah i mean if you if, i don't know it's I, I, I answered this already if you guys don't know what i'm what i'm talking about this is um watch the video links in the description um on either spotify or anywhere um, you can listen to it there and you can also follow Megan as well on her Instagram. Are you on TikTok? I am not on TikTok. Are I you, mean, I, I opened one. I have not uploaded a single video. Are you feeling video. with the, I guess, social media? With, well, I can't you, keep up. Like, <laughs> I can't keep up. I don't have the energy to <laughs> keep well, up with another social media. Your account is killing it though. Um, I, I, I mean, opinion. Instagram, yeah, I've, I've had an Instagram for at least seven eight years and you know i've put in a lot of work towards building an instagram i just uh, social media is just such a 
heavy topic because I don't really care about social media, but in the industry that we're in, we have to care about it. Especially since follower count is a thing now for auditions. It it is. And I I am blessed that I have a K in my, but like. You have a what? I have a K in my followers. I don't even know. It's. Whatever it doesn't it doesn't even matter, but it has given me certain opportunities which I don't necessarily think is right that I get things based on that. Popularity, right? I think it should be based on who actually has the talent, who has put in the work, who you know, whatever. Yeah. So that's why I have a whole thing with social media, but I'm also uh, so not about people putting on facades too. Yeah. And. I've actually, because if you follow me on Instagram, you know that, you know, in my story, I'll always talk about certain things I'm going through in my life. And, you know, there's those people that are really supportive mm. and they're like, wow, I really needed to hear this today. And thank you for sharing that. And all that kind of, and those are the people that I'm reaching out to. But there are those people that are like, you really shouldn't be putting your business out there. Yada, yada. Like really? people don't want to see you struggle, blah, 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 this kind of stuff. You aren't my target audience. Like I don't. I don't care to put on this fake thing, fake show that, oh, everything is great, everything's fine, because everybody f- fucking struggles. Everybody. And yeah. that's even more isolating to everybody in the world if you put on this facade. Because then they can't connect with you. They can't connect with you, they, and then they feel like... Perfect. Right, and then they, they start judging themselves harshly because... Uh, of all these perfect people online like even the people that you think have this perfect beauty there you're like oh i can never be as pretty as them they've probably gotten some work done it's not like it's completely natural and that's why i just personally put my business i put a lot of i mean i don't put all of my business out there but i put i put my struggle out there because you're you're, you're not afraid to be real right exactly because i if i do make it in whatever category it is that I'm meant to make it in. I want people to say like, oh, wow, I remember when she was yeah. crying on her way to Coffee Bean. I hated that job because it was on Hollywood Boulevard. I just did not like working on Hollywood Boulevard because I, I worked at Coffee Bean and then I worked at Hooters. Oh. That was a long period of my life. But I want people to see like, oh, wow, she put in the hard work and dedication. And if she can go from that to where she's at now, then I can do it, too. And that's yeah. the whole, that's the whole purpose of me putting out what I'm struggling with. Yeah, this is like one of the reasons why I vlog so much. Um, I don't know you saw you've seen you see me a lot, half the time carrying a camera. Yeah. So it's like I, I document the journey. Um, not all the footage is going to be used, but like there's going to be moments where I like, I don't know, because I literally have footage of my first meeting with my business partners wow. August 2016 wow and then where I'm at now this is fucking four years later that's so cool to so see just like yeah because I to eventually share that with my son to see like for me when I, I film because I want him to see that yeah this is how it was for me like you're I when I was 30 I was trying to do this right it was, it was hard and then um I like that you're so authentic and that you're real were you really crying on one of your stories like, they were, like, um, tearing up? No, I would cry by myself in my car, but then whatever I was feeling or whatever, I would just, get myself together and I would express what ooh, it was that I was I feeling, you know that. what I mean? Yeah. There, I've only, I'll be honest, uh, I, love that I actually that. cried on one of my Instagram stories like a month ago because something hit me so hard and it was like one of my biggest triggers. Ooh. And like I, I just said what I needed to say, but then I realized like, okay, let me take that off and let me reword it and take a little less emotion out of it so that people could actually learn what it is that I'm saying because then 
you know, some people just don't take emotions too well. Yeah, it's emotional. Yeah. So sometimes you have to like regroup yourself and take control of your own emotions so that you can better express what it, what messages you're trying and to relay. You, you know? are a stoic. You know. Like, yeah, yeah, he I told think. me that I was stoic. But well, <laughs> okay. There, I, I explained this. Uh, if you guys haven't seen any of my other videos, I like I love stoicism. It's a form of philosophy. Mm -hmm. uh, stoicism. Like, people think stoic is like you're unemotional, you're detached. That's what people think. But stoicism, in its in its real form, is the focus of oneself, the mm -hmm. conquering of oneself, focusing on what you can control. Yeah, that's all it is. And like uh, my favorite metaphor of it is because like I, I uh, like it to like Zen, uh, Zen Buddhism and um, they both have very similar philosophies. But the way I was taught was like where the Zen Buddhist is out in the mountains, that's easy to come there. The Stoic is in the marketplace in the middle of chaos but mm. calm yeah so and then um you know i don't know if you guys have ever done retreats or anything like that but everyone's all happy at a retreat or a getaway they come back to the real world it's like a barrage of chaos yeah and the stoic and some people don't know how to handle that and yeah. like stoics are they implement what it is that they've taken the lessons that they've had on their downtime and applying it to, yeah right yeah it's like really just it's all about like the very the main goal of a lot of Stoics or Stoic philosophy is to be ultimately a good human being. Mm, I love and, that. And then that's it. You don't have to. It's not about like following your passion. In fact, a lot of Stoic like there's st some philosophy in Stoics and Stoicism that I'm not 100 percent with, it, it, as such as like following your passions because. But this is like old ancients. I'm going on a tangent, but. Um, I'm actually really interested in this, so please go on this tangent. But <laughs> yeah, because they because um, they want, they try to when they say passions, I think they they mean uh, letting your your emotions get the best of you. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, and one, there's a, one of the things I love about stoicism is uh, the practicality. Like my favorite method uh, metaphor is like like say you um, my boat will make it to the island unless it sinks. It's like I'll get to the goal unless something happens. Like they're very, they are aware of goals, but they are also aware shit happens. Mm -hmm. There's a, um, I think there's an exercise they do. I forgot what it was called because it was in Latin, but in modern day, it's called fear setting where you, you have your goal or whatever it is you're anxious about. You write down all, every single worst case scenario that'll happen mm. to you. I'll, I don't know. I'll lose my job. Um, I'll be homeless. I'll, I don't know, uh, what do you call it? Lose my relationship, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. and then, um, or lose a friend, whatever. And then from each worst case scenario, you write a way to recover from it. Mm, because, then like you, cause, because then you conquer your fear. Yeah. And then there's no reason to be afraid. Right. So then they, it comes back to what can you control right now? Mm -hmm. I mean, albeit you can't, you can't predict the future. Yeah. But it does give you a kind of sense of security that... You took control of the situation of what you're fearing, and you allowed yourself to discover a way to recover from what you're afraid of. Right. So, like, stoicism is very practical. Like, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to read more about that because that sounds pretty. I'm accurate. not converting everyone to be a stoic. No, I love it because <laughs> what you said about um, they genuinely just focus on being a good person. Yeah. That man. That's, ah, that spoke to my soul. That's like the main thing. Like I don't that. understand how, like, I feel like a lot of people don't know how to be human beings anymore because they're so focused on... Um, getting theirs? Getting theirs, right. And um, that's not my philosophy in life at all. And I'm actually, 
if you're a good person and you do good for others, I a thousand percent believe it comes back to you tenfold. Like yeah. not even like if you're, cause I don't even, I don't think about like, Oh, well if I do this, then I will get this in return or whatever. No, like, cause you're, you're probably not even going to get it back from the people that you're helping. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's going to come back to you in a way that you never expected. So yeah. just, I feel like it, it, what goes around comes around is such a true thing because if you're putting out like love and all that kind of stuff, you're not going to, and if you give yourself love too, it has to be like full circle. I just yeah. hit the mic. I don't know if that's going to affect the sound. You'll be fine. Okay, great. <laughs> um, I feel like you won't have all the negative things that, let me rephrase this. Back when I didn't have very much self-worth, mm. I tended to attract those who saw I didn't have self-worth and they kind of take advantage. advantage of that. Okay. When I started building my self-worth and I just came from a place of love and I just wanted to, all my actions were based on my love for others or mm. wanting to share love with the world. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of those negative people and negative things in my life that bring me down either. Yeah. You know what I mean? You kind of it just became a filter. Yeah, it became a major filter because the people that didn't appreciate or value kind of dropped by the wayside. Not even in a drastic way sometimes. Sometimes they just kind of fizzle out of your life. You Mm. know what I mean? And um, I don't know. I feel like if you focus more on the people that don't want you or the people that treat you badly, then you're going to continue to only see those people. But if you appreciate the people that love you, that support you, you're going to continue to cultivate more and more of those people you know what i mean yeah you know what you saying that just reminded me of one of my the uh, kind of stoic sayings i just remembered it's like like how often do we like overvalue ourselves in the way we look and appear but we are but we overvalue other people's opinions mm-hmm. like we value ourselves right but then when we hear other opinions it kind of like it takes over our self-worth for well for many yeah so, um speaking of books um i don't Three stoicism books I think you would be, you would like. Okay. Is one's The Obstacle is the Way. The Obstacle is the Way. The next is Ego is the Enemy. Ego is the Enemy. Okay. And um, the last one is The Daily Stoic. The Daily Stoic. I, re- I'm, I'm, I listen to The Daily Stoic as an audio book. It's pretty much okay. almost like a verse every day. Nice. And then a practical I use of it. I love books like that. <laughs> so the, the Daily Stoic is like, okay, for June, here's a saying. And then um, that's what I listen to today. Okay. It helps with grounding and like um, very much what I like adapted from Zen Buddhism, Zen meditation is like we're going to be face a lot of ups and highs, but the ups and downs, but they are very focused on like trying to not be too high or low just Mm -hmm. to be focused because if you allow yourselves to be dragged along with those emotions, you'll be overly euphoric or you'll be overly down. That's why focusing on being even keel, uh, allows you to focus on the next step even though you know half these stoic philosophers they even admit it themselves like they fucking fuck up a lot yeah (laughs) but that's all human beings like you have to go through those life experiences to get to the point where you can be calm and reserved because if you don't go through those trials then how will you know that you've mastered that technique or you know what i mean that rom-coms are great have you seen um Someone Great on Netflix. No, it's Someone a, Great. Someone Great. It has a, a Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin. Um, oh yeah, my friend recommended this to me. So good. Like I've seen that movie like probably like ten times, and I try to get 
someone new to watch it with me every time because it's a good movie. <laughs> You're trying to convert people to watch a movie. I, I am. There's this one movie I watched. Ah, oh, fuck. They're so. the greatest. <laughs> I, I love me some rom-coms. Yeah, dude. It's like I want to be in a rom-com one day. Like, like an like an actress in it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> one like, of my goals. <laughs> dang. I'll be crying like fucking bitch Megan. She was on my podcast <laughs> watching the link description. <laughs> I'll <be> cry. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. What's your favorite rom com? Um. Well, I, my favorite, I guess, romance, or I guess, mine's A Walk to Remember. Oh, that's such a good, good movie. Mm. I like that way over. Uh, what the fuck? Uh, The Notebook, because Mm-mm. The Notebook was, well, to me, deemed like practically much like domestic violence and overpowering and using, you know, forcing the issue. It. You know, when you come from a, from a different perspective, it is a bit of a toxic. Storyline, yeah, yeah. He first thing he does, he threatens his life if he doesn't go out with her. That's true. That is I mean, very, romantic. No, put I'm it not... in that context. It's like in the romantic context. Cool, great for movies. Real life, that's scary as shit. That is absolute man. I can't even tell you. Um, more, that's a whole other episode talking about relationships. Toxic relationships. Toxic really. I could do a whole hour Ooh. i could do it a whole other hour and a half might have on to that do like a part two i'm mm. down for it let's do it <laughs> <laughs> so um oh yeah so like i liked a walk to remember because he was inspired to change himself mm. like i like that yeah he became better and then and she didn't force him to yeah yeah she she didn't and that's the she thing. was just herself yeah and the the impact of how one person like being genuine of being themselves kind of brought that person to a higher frequency mm-hmm. and wanted to become better better themselves. I like that. Fuck, I love that movie. Fuck it. I was wow, going to watch it. that this, makes me want to watch it now. Because I, wa- I wanted to watch this movie back in 2003 when I was like, like 16. I was going to watch it by myself. All right. Because I was that determined. And I'm a fan of Mandy Moore. But <laughs> she a cutie. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was kind of like the, that's my favorite. Because the transformation of the character, the character development. I love that, and I love the reason for it, too. Because, you know, people, I don't know. I feel like relationships, and I mean, we might as well dive into it a little bit. Right. Like, relationships with others, we should be helping lift each other up mm-hmm. instead of, like, holding each other back from their potential. Right. And, you know, albeit there's, like, the whole, like, fun stuff in the beginning. It's easy to do that when you're when all your hormones are just crazy right. at that point. But when, you you're know, it's lust. like... Yeah, when two, three years down the line and all the hormones are gone, it's, you know, right. what, do you, what do you do? Yeah. It's like, how do you continue contributing to this relationship or how do you continue growing as a person? Because uh, one thing I've adapted over the years is like, I hate the idea of the other half. Mm, yeah. Is because, because that insinuates that you are not whole to begin with. True. So when it should be like one and one one whole person one whole person one plus one makes three like one one whole person one whole person one whole relationship mm-hmm. creates the being of it so that's why i love uh, like that's why i think of it um i forgot where i was going with this but okay we're here <laughs> but yeah that's what i think in terms of what, how relationships should be in terms of inspiring each other to grow and that's kind of right like, you know albeit it's not a fucking fairy tale it's, it's never gonna n- be a no, fairy but... tale this is real life it's gonna be dirty it's gonna be painful um it's just really like like you said you have to be a solid individual on your own they have to be a solid individual on their own um because i've had issues in the past of codependency we were talking about this before we started filming too 
and that was like your pro at this i was yeah well, no i talking about the filming oh okay I was <laughs> you're like, a pro on codependency <laughs> i mean i was <laughs> but i'm trying to get out of that job <laughs> but um but yeah and even how i deal with men in general now like as far as like the dating scene is so much more different than how i used to when um i had my codependent issues and um scene. Yeah, the dating scene is crazy. It's just a lot of bullshit you got to deal with when you're dealing with a bunch of people who aren't working on themselves or, um, you know, if people just have different philosophies in life. And if you don't um, fully know what yours is, mm. it's easy to um, mud- muddy your waters, I guess. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, you'll, you'll fall under the influence from someone else's. Right, and it could be something that you're totally not for. Your morals don't, it doesn't line up with your morals, your integrity, or whatever. So that's why I'm just trying to take time for myself to become that solid individual before I can Come invite on. anyone to add into my life, not be my life. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, the, the, when people say you're my life, that gets Ooh. a lot of pressure because yeah, it is. You're, one, you're an individual. Yeah, exactly. Individuals fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because I've had the back and forth of me saying that to people and people saying that to me, and um, obviously it hasn't worked out, so maybe let me try this method real quick. (laughs) Be single and take care of yourself before it becomes... Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Pretty solid adult and responsible way to do the things. Trying to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for those of you who are, like, listening to this who are under the age of 20 or 18... We're, they aren't your life. And we're, we're, we're always, we're in a perpetual state of trying to figure shit out. Mm-hmm. We're never, the fact is we're never really going to have things figured out. It's just like, we're going to try this thing today. Right. kind of go with it. Yeah. <laughs> life is if, a bunch of experimenting. Yeah. Like, yeah. And if sometimes it works out for a very long time, sometimes it doesn't. And even if, like, say you get in a relationship and it's like five years down the line, you two might have grown to be two different individuals. That's mm-hmm. life. And I think like, that, that's a reality you've got to accept. Yeah, don't, if something ends, um, don't put all your value into that relationship, into that person. Like, your value is still with yourself. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. Okay, so we're going to start wrapping up. I'm going to be throwing some rapid fire questions at you Ooh, off oh. the top of my head. Okay. okay. Ready? Ready? Maybe. Ah, oh, this part <laughs> makes me nervous. Okay, go for it. Anxiety. Anxiety. <laughs> all right. What's your favorite color? Teal. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good color. Um, what would you do with a million dollars? Um, I would pay off my entire family's student loan debt so that we could all live our happiest life and not be drowning in that shit. And then I would, um, I don't know where I'm going to go from there because that's such a vital thing right now. Same with everyone in this country. (laughs) Yeah, student loan debt just so that we could build, actually build our life and not, um, stay trying to uh survive survive or... and float you know what i mean yeah just be out of the water <laughs> um what's your favorite snack Ooh. or midnight snack midnight that's snack? A difference. am i in a salty vibe or a sweet vibe that's up to you Ooh. um look i am such a snacker um <laughs> the pressure <laughs> <laughs> um i'm just gonna go with um Oreo, ooh, Oreos. How was I? Not even my first thought. Oreos, Oreos, Oreos and milk. Ooh, ooh, when you dip that shit, yeah, gets a little uh, oh, slightly soggy. <laughs> Cookies and cream are, is my blood, actually. <laughs> Cut it up right now. Right, <laughs> just Hershey's cookies and cream coming out. All right, so uh, what 
What What's your current favorite song to work out to? Song to work out to? Mm, I'm such a Gemini. It depends on what mood I'm in. Um, currently, it's Dream On by Aerosmith. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to add that to my playlist now. Yeah. That's a great song. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what would you say to your... This isn't a rapid fire question, but what would you say to your 16-year-old self? Oh, baby. <laughs> I would give her a hug. Um... <laughs> Uh, God, she was going, 16 year old Megan was going through a lot of shit. Um, I would just really remind her that everything is going to be okay. Mm. Um, that I would like, we've been saying for the past like hour and a half that her value has nothing to do with other people. Mm. Um, that her value has nothing to do with, um, the men she's dating or, um, yeah, just, just to value herself. And to, um, I would really want to go back and tell her all the things that she really had to offer and not to let anyone, um, dim her shine because, um, I was going through a lot of friend issues, family issues, all Mm. that kind of stuff. And it, I let it, uh, really affect me and what I had to offer. Mm. So I was just, there's so many things I would say to 16 year old Megan, but also sorry for doing all the things that. I did when I was 16, but... Sorry? Like, were you, like, also a rebel? I was a rebel. Um, I was just... But we all have that teenage shit where we don't necessarily know where we're going and how we're going to handle life. What would your 80-year-old self say to you now? The same shit I would say to 16-year-old Megan. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so interesting that you brought that this question up because I just did a guided meditation um where basically you um go into this forest and then you end up seeing your like child self and i ended up seeing like four or five year old me and your 80 year old self oh and basically like trying to integrate all of these people into Ooh, one um that's a good meditation so right there. it was i was bawling by the end of this meditation because it was just so powerful like i had never really done anything and like you found that this on youtube yeah, I'll I'll try okay, to find, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Guided meditation. Yo, YouTube be you having everything. <laughs> right, exactly. But I'll send you that meditation because that was actually a really powerful one. But um, eighty year old self would probably tell me that everything is going to be okay and your life is going to be um, beautiful just the way it's supposed to be, and um, just to continue continue to love myself and others just as much as I always have, and to not let um, other people affect what I have to. Yeah, I, I took I got that question from like one of the seminars I was at and it like tripped me out because like more often than not the 80 year old version of ourselves is the advice we need to actually listen mm-hmm. to. So and I love that a- a- asking that question because it's like it's kind of like you already have the answer. Yeah, you just have to frame it in a certain way. Yeah, where it would make sense. And also just to live your life to the best capacity that you can because I for me. I hold back on a lot of things that I want to do with my life because I want to um, please others or I'll get so in my head like, well, what if they think this and this and if I want to do this? Like, you have to live with yourself till you're 80. What would you want to, like, don't be a terrible, don't be a bad person. Don't, like, go and murder people. You're going to have a lot of regrets if you don't go with what it is that you want to be doing, Mm. you know? Yeah, because by the time you're on your deathbed, it's too late to try to take that chance. Exactly, and you got to live your life and with like sprinkles of other people in your life but don't completely make 
your life somebody else's life and then sprinkles of yourself in there you know what i mean yeah that's what i've learned in the past couple years so Mm. oh yeah i think we were talking about this beforehand yeah we were we were i was just kind of bringing that back in um the three most influential people in your life my mom um she's peace i want to meet her yeah (laughs) yeah i'll definitely ask her to she's down for the podcast i'll even drive to where she where she lives she lives in westwood no she lives in rancho cucamonga now oh yeah that's where i grew up so um Uh, she ended up moving back there she works in pomona i.e. 909 um (laughs) represent sorry i just totally kicked your knee it's all good (laughs) two more influential (laughs) two more influential people um hmm. i really wish i came with this answer prepared because i feel like i know so many influential people and so many great great people that have influenced the way i am now that it's hard to narrow it down um i will say one of my best friends sarah Mm. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, she's a girl I'll be twerking with all the time, but she's actually just a re- she's such a dope individual. She, um, she's a little bit older than me, so she has more years of experience for me to really observe and learn from, but we're very similar. Um, and she's very much about empowering yourself and healing your trauma and healing your wounds and, mm. you know, becoming that best person you can be. So a lot of who I am now uh, has been from hanging out with her and to really observe. She's a dope businesswoman. She, she's self-employed. She has all these different businesses going for her. Like she's a really dope individual. So if you want someone to interview, she'd be a I'll great one to. Yeah, I'll give you her Instagram. Just give me your, just give me your whole entire contact list. Right, exactly. <laughs> Start texting her. No, because you're you're an accumulation of the top five people you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. and I'm so honored and like glad that she's in my top five because she is a dope individual. Mm. Um, and let's see more on a silly note. Uh, probably, I mean, ever since I was 12, Hillary Duff, man. Oh, Hillary <laughs> like Duff. Like if you, if you notice, like she never gets into like drama or anything like that. She's just on her she's shit. Just... She's just been doing her business. She's never gone like crazy or anything. Yeah. Like she's just been a solid, level-headed individual and that's kind of like how i yeah i respect her a lot and that's kind of how i would want my career to go just constantly doing my thing constantly working she has a family she's happy doing what she's doing and she's happy living her life and that's how i want to live my life too you know what i mean yeah damn that's a good one yeah it's a (laughs) random one but you know (laughs) she's i mean she's a businesswoman in herself yeah exactly she's like done a lot for herself yeah exactly and then there's a whole reboot happening so I'm sure you. <laughs> if you need a body double, or if you need someone to play your cousin, shout out to Hillary Duff. <laughs> At her. Right. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna go with the last question. Okay. What do you want people to say about you when you're gone? That she just loved unconditionally. Um, that um, I would love for people to say that I taught them how to love, or just how to. Um, I love is just such a big thing for me because I that's just the essence of everything that I want to be doing, you know? It should be the essence of everything. Right, exactly. So definitely that. Because, you know, people aren't going to say at your funeral, like, oh, she danced for, um, you know, Lady Gaga or whatever. Like, people aren't going to be saying that at your funeral. People are going to say how you made them feel. And that is the most important thing is just making sure everybody feels valued and feels loved. Mm. So that's what I want people to remember me for. God, that's so good. 
That's so good because that's what I say a lot when I do my like my in, in the car talks for Instagram. Uh huh. Because <laughs> yeah, your accolades are are not going to be giving your eulogy. Mm-hmm. Like your accomplishments aren't going to be up there. It's the people who you affect. Exactly. And it's like, you know, and then I share like there's two ways you can make it to, to be successful. Either you can do it by, you know, do it by tearing other people down in the process or right. some, finding a way to be continue giving no matter what. Yeah. And that's another thing is I want people to also remember um, that even though I've gone through struggles in my life that I never gave up. Mm, I think I I love those stories. Like the the stories were like they're fucking like those Rocky esque type of stories Mm -hmm. or Creed now that he's taking the, 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 the mantle like you get they get their asses handed to them. Yeah. And then you get up, you fucking spit out a tooth. It's like, let's fucking go. Yep, that's it. That's exactly what I want people to remember me for. Spitting out those teeth and just going. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So where can people find you online, stalk you and stuff? Well, um, on Instagram, you can follow me at Megan, M-E-G-H-A-N, period, Magoon, M-A-G-O-U-N. I should be going this way, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then on YouTube, you can just uh, search my name, Megan Magoon. And um, I I don't have very many videos, but Megan's Menu is definitely building up my YouTube account. Um, I have my first carnival piece. It's not that big of a, like, it's... It's it's not that big of a deal. Like, no, I'm saying um, my YouTube page isn't that big of a deal because I have not... Uh, uh, been uploading content. But do check out my carnival piece because that's something I'm really proud of. All my dancers worked really hard. Was that recent? It was in November. Ooh. Yeah, it was To Sweet Disposition. Damn. It was... (gasps) such a good song but yeah uh that's my youtube that's my instagram i don't have a facebook because my shit got hacked a while ago oh fuck yeah so <laughs> i'll see you on instagram all right cool yeah <laughs> so uh everything's gonna be in the links down below in the description make sure you give her a like show her some love give her some support uh and uh, yeah if you guys like this video make sure you hit like subscribe share this with friends who you think might benefit from it and uh, we pre- i appreciate you for listening or watching Emro TV. This is the Move, Groove, Grow podcast. Love you guys. Have an amazing day, night, evening, life, decade, and so forth. Love you guys. Peace.